Hello, my beautiful beanies, and welcome to The Bean, the weekend edition. First with yesterday's news, I am Glenn ZFB. We're looking back at a Sunday, it's Saturday. I think that's what you need for a weekend. Uh, Jack Tame's going to solve the housing crisis for us. A blocker roach joins uh, Martin Devlin to talk about hookers. Brian Fogel made a movie about the assassination of Khashoggi. And Ben Elton, I think he's in the country, believe it or not. Uh, but before any of that, uh, should we be um, handing out bailout money uh, for specific regions who are really dependent on tourism? How desperate is the situation for you guys? Oh, very desperate. And look, it, as you've noted, this is not just about Queenstown. It's all tourism destinations in this part of the world. Um, the further from Auckland you go, the worse the position gets. If you're a tourism destination close to Auckland, you can hop in the car and drive there. Uh, it's a flight from Auckland to here. Auckland's our main tourism destination, or sorry, market at the present time. Um, and it's a couple of thousand bucks for a family to get here. So we're doing it really tough. So what do you um, what do you want? Well, we've asked government for a package to assist um, tourism generally, uh, and that includes a reintroduction of the wage subsidy. And our rationale for that was that um, look, if people are going to lose their jobs, they're going to be on the dole. So government are going to be paying them anyway. A, um, the introduction of a support card for uh, travel for air travel, as is the case in Australia encouraging Kiwis to get round, and consideration of some form of loan scheme for smaller businesses who are really um, struggling. Government have made it plain um, that they're not that keen on any sort of a bailout package. So we've changed their messaging in recent times to asking government, government to give us some surety around a Trans-Tasman border opening. So that's the Mayor Jim Bolt there. Um, I feel like he, he hasn't had too many laughs in his life lately you get that feeling from his tone of voice it's hard hard yakka isn't it for these places which I mean mean, there's no argument the only reason Queenstown exists is for tourists it's just I I guess there's a grey area but you know like a a place like I don't know Hamilton for example I mean I believe Hamilton to be the New Zealand city of love which for no other reason that's a good reason to go there but is it a tourist destination, you see? And then how much bailout money do they get if you're making tourism bailouts? See the, how tricky it gets? Things always get tricky when you bring up Hamilton, to be fair. Um, I, I think there's a houses, housing, housing crisis going on there. It seems to be going on everywhere. The horse has bolted. There is no putting the genie back into the bottle. You can reform the RMA. You can address supply issues. You can call on the Reserve Bank to consider loan-to-debt ratios and limits on uh, interest-only loans. But it's too late. It is too late. House prices are already way too expensive. So, back to my question. How will this end? What's the end game for a nation with some of the least affordable housing in the world where according to the ASB Housing Confidence Survey, a record 73% of New Zealanders expect house prices will continue to keep rising over the next year. I'll repeat this again. Last month, the median house price in Purirua increased $10,000 a day. Nothing against Purirua. But does that sound right and balanced to you? At some point, there has to be a correction.
our politicians might not be prepared to take on the middle-aged voters who own the vast majority of the housing assets. But corrections take many forms. Regardless of whether you own property or you don't, this is going to affect you. It will affect all of us. No worry, it will be very, very ugly indeed. Yeah, I still don't actually understand how it does affect people who aren't buying or selling houses. It's one of these stories that people get very, very obsessed about, but if you're not buying or selling a house, and you're not... I, I guess the argument is that we all will be at some stage, or most of us will be. But just if you're not, just don't worry about it at the moment, eh? Come, come back in a couple of years, see how it's turned out. Uh, turning out all right for the Warriors so far. Um, started off with a win. I don't know why I'm sounding so surprised. It's just... I, I'm great. I'm happy. Uh, here is uh, Steve Roach. Not, I mean, they talked to him out in Devon for a long time over the weekend. Uh, a little bit about the Warriors, but mostly about... Uh, the way rugby league is now and how similar it is to how it used to be. One position the Warriors squad is just really light on is hooker. Has the hooking role mm. changed so much now that it's probably even more important than number six and number seven? Again, it might be a dumb question, but I'm looking at like Canberra, especially in Souths. If you've got a guy that can pick up and run like, say, Bully used to for the for Souths or for the Warriors and yeah. carve those metres off. Yeah. Oh, well, you know, you know, with the pace of the game now and just, just with markers down, we, we call it, we call it dead marines on the ground. If there's a dead marine on the ground, he can't get up to his feet to go into the market position. The hooker just suddenly takes off. The game, the game has evolved now to flatten fast. You have a little all the sides, and, and that comes from the hooker too. The bloke who can read that what the defensive line's doing, or if there's a marker down, you know the number one rule is he's got to run. So you're going to, you know, if you're playing in the front row or the back row, wherever you're playing, you're going to push up with the bloke who's running from dummy half. Now, the new wave of player. Um, young Braley last night for Newcastle. When he when when the dog started to get a bit tired, that that kid made 30, 40, mm, 50 metre mm. breaks. Okay, I admit that might have all got a bit sort of technical, a, a bit niche. Like if you're into rugby league, you might have enjoyed listening to that. But if not, not so much. I really only put that bit in there so I, I could I could uh, put the headline hooker talk in the description of the podcast. Try and get a few more clicks. Uh, I admit it. Um, now, Brian Fogel made the movie about the Khashoggi killing. Uh, let's hear what he had to say. Jamal Khashoggi's death was horrific. But but in a way, it isn't extraordinary. It, I mean, we know that, that countries um, participate in extrajudicial killings fairly regularly. What is it about Jamal's death that you think has been so impactful? I, I, I think... I think it was the visibility um, of this crime, uh, a, a crime that had the ability to kind of shock, uh, you know, people and was so covered um, by the news media because uh, at the time of his death, uh, while Jamal was, uh, was a Saudi and while he was a Saudi journalist, uh, at the time of his death, he was... Um, he was writing for the Washington Post, and he was writing for the Washington Post because uh, he had chosen to leave his country uh, in order to be able to speak uh, truth to power and in order to be able to uh, write freely. And in so doing, um, you know, he is uh, he's murdered in the most horrific fashion. 
And, uh, you know, it was a crime that, that captivated, uh, you know, people's imaginations um, and, uh, and had a power to, to shock. Um, and, uh, and I believe that uh, that's why we're still talking about mm. this murder two years on. I also think, and I'm not, I'm not wanting to trivialize um, the gravity or the scope of of the whole situation but i also wonder if the, one of the other reasons we're still talking about it two years on is because we're still really trying to get a handle on exactly how to pronounce his name and jack tame i thought nailed it but i've heard a lot of different variations including me saying, trying to say it um we're going to finish up here uh with uh, ben elton is he here it's a very good time to be coming to new zealand because you know that apart from just us there's no one else here <laughs> well, I mean, the whole world is is trapped. You know, the borders are closed. Uh, I'm just so grateful that we've got some some beginnings. The the famous green shoots here in Australia and also in New Zealand. I'm 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 locked out of Britain, which is is quite confronting. Personally, my mum's 91. I haven't seen it for well over a year. We all have our our COVID stories, but the great news is things are beginning to open up, and. And the particular good fortune is because um, New Zealand and, and Australia have kind of come first, it's meant I can really do this properly, which is why we've added all these dates. It's a wonderful opportunity for me to really uh, uh, see New Zealand properly and, and perform to anybody who wants to come and see me. So very exciting. It does involve the two-week quarantine, but I think that's a pretty small price to pay. Uh, every day I'm uh, staring at the walls of a holiday inn, I shall be waiting to, to look at the mountains and the and the lakes and the sea that uh, I'll be enjoying as I tour New Zealand. All right, so he's not here yet, but he is coming. That's good. And if you get the chance, go and see him. Uh, perhaps one of the funniest stand-ups I've ever seen. Um, I do remember laughing so hard at Ben Elton, I fell off my chair, literally fell off my chair, and hit my head on the ground. This is in a theatre. Don't quite know how that happened, but Ben Elton did that to me once. So yeah, I, this, I don't know if that's a good recommendation or not. I'm Glenn ZB. We'll leave you with that. Uh, that's quite a good mental image, I, I think. I'll leave you with, um, and we'll be back with more great mental images uh, tomorrow. See you then with another news talk ZB. Listener.